are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Hello! So I am standing outside. It might get a tad bit noisy as I record today's episode, but I am inspired by today's topic. I just finished teaching a private one-on-one yoga session. And as you might have guessed it, it was centered around sciatica. Now I have discussed this topic in some variation or another on yoga podcast in the past. Rather, I was talking about injury, ailments, or just lower back pain, but never a deep dive in this actual, I guess, symptom of a larger condition perhaps before. Now, one of the reasons why I was so inspired to record today's episode is because as a teacher of yoga therapeutics, which I have discussed a bit of the differences between yoga teachers and yoga therapists in the past on yoga podcast. One of the main things I have personally noticed whenever I've been called to have personal private one-on-one sessions with yoga students is that they have in a large majority had some sort of lower back pain or nerve pain, including sciatica. So it got me thinking, wow, you know, I've been doing a lot of these one-on-ones recently, and I've experienced sciatica, or at least faux sciatica, as they call it, or pseudo-sciatica, I believe is the actual terminology before, meaning I don't know if I exactly had a herniated disc or any type of disc or hip misalignment issues, but I definitely felt like I had a pinched nerve and I had some pain and it took a while to heal naturally. So let's talk about it. Now, as a practitioner of yoga, and someone who likes to try to focus mainly on more homeopathic or even just Eastern philosophical medicinal practices, rather it's Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, I tend to personally try to go that route first. I try to use essential oils to to work on my headache, or I try to drink herbal tea to work on something else that's happening in my gut health. I obviously like to use yoga as I try really hard to keep my spine aligned and to feel flexible and strong and all of that energized and relaxed. All the reasons why we try to practice this beautiful discipline. And also yoga from the perspective of meditation and pratyama and philosophy on and off of the mat. So I said all of that because it doesn't necessarily replace Western medicinal practices. There's definitely times where you need to see your medical professional. You need to get x-rays or scans. You need... Um, prescriptions, you need something that is of an acute reactive 
medicinal effect to whatever it is that you're suffering from. However, from those of you who have suffered from sciatica, you are fully aware that for the most part, this is an ailment that has to do its own healing with your own body's infinite wisdom over time. And better yet, once you are healed, you have to really focus on preventative measures to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So with that said, let's dive into sciatica. Now, it does affect almost half of all humans at some point in their existence. Somewhere between 13% to 40% of people will absolutely have some variation of sciatica. And 90% of those people probably have a herniated disc. Sciatica is a symptom of a bigger problem or condition or situation. And what is sciatica? Well, it is all about the sciatic nerve. It is the largest nerve in the human body and it is formed by the union of five nerve roots from the lower spine. It passes deep in the glute, the bum, the buttock, your nice, delicious, plump boom boom right? And down the back of the thigh, all the way to the heel and sole of the foot. I don't know if you can hear all of that traffic that I'm surrounded by. Now, the sciatic nerve serves as a vital role in connecting the spinal cord with the skin and muscles of the thigh, leg, and foot. So any type of pain and or neurological symptom that originates from the sciatic nerve is referred to as sciatica. The symptoms of sciatica are typically felt along the path of the nerve. So this nerve can find itself being irritated, compressed, or inflamed by a number of problems in the lower back. It is definitely a part of pain that will originate from the lumbar and or sacral nerve roots. So there's, as I mentioned, a lot of reasons that this can happen. It can be a herniated disc, but it can also be many, many other reasons. The issue is, is once the nerve is inflamed, it isn't something where you can just pop a pill. Well, I mean, I guess unless you're popping a pain pill, but there is no cure, so to speak, when you do not know what the cause is. And in most cases, it's just some sort of misalignment. It's something going on with the health of your spine, the posture of your body, the weakness of your core. And that is why yoga is such a beautiful, you know, prevention measure. It is something that you should proactively do, not reactively do. However, a lot of students do tend to come to the practice of asana, the movements, the postures of the body as a result of pain and ailments and injury in their body. I know for myself, I practiced yoga many, many years, and I didn't even know I was practicing yoga. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just practicing with my master, my grandmaster, that I was studying martial arts and and other Eastern practices with, and he never used yoga by a name. 
which was so martial art grand mastery of him. But years later, after running marathons and being a professional dancer and having really bad knees and hips and bunions on my feet and ugh, all of the things, I didn't have lower back pain, surprisingly, but I definitely had lower body issues. I was advised to try yoga by my dear cousin. She was quite the yogi at the time. And I did, and after about two and a half months, I would say, of pretty consistent practice, I was probably practicing four to five times a week. And of course, when you start practicing asana, you tend to really start doing a lot of other things differently in your life. I was drinking a boatload of coconut water, but I was getting rest. I was thinking differently. I was eating different types of food. I was being very conscious and aware of my energy, my my mood, my attitude, and my body began to heal. So I wasn't proactive in my yoga practice. I was very much reactive. But with all of that said, I've Since then, it's now been, gosh, it's been um, over a decade. Since then, I've been utilizing yoga as a proactive measure in my life. Yoga for the body, for the mind, and for my spirit personally comes first before everything else that I introduce into my life. I love to run. I love to bike. I love to snowboard. I love to lift weights. I love so many other things. But I will not allow those things to take my body out of order. And I will not use yoga as this reactive medicinal practice like I see a lot of my students do. And you should be really conscientious if that is what you tend to do. Do you tend to beat yourself up? you know, in your mind, in your body, and then you utilize yoga to put you back together. Try to focus on if that is a bit of a routine that you've gotten yourself into because it's very common. And yes, I love teaching private one-on-one sessions to all my students who tend to utilize private one-on-ones for that very purpose, for kind of like a visit to the doctor. Like they're going to come and get privates for five, six sessions and then go back to their regular life. No, 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 no. I want you to think about this in a different way, which is also why I wanted to have today's episode because even though many of us suffer from this, there is a way to mitigate that risk in the future, okay? And as my student from tonight, she'll be listening to this episode. She is definitely a podcast listener. Shout out to you. You know who you are. We are on, I think, our fifth or sixth session, and she has seen so much more uh, improvement and progress with her spine, her alignment, her strength, her core, her flexibility from these one-on-ones, as well as her own practice. And um, she realizes, because she and I have done this before, (laughs) she realizes that this was like her rock bottom. She has never had sciatica before now. And she went to the physical therapist. She did everything that she needed to do prior to getting one-on-ones to continue 
her health. But she is now on a new journey of wellness with Ayurveda and other practices that she wants to continue moving forward. Because although she's had issues with her body that we've, you know, worked on together privately, it was never to this extent of pain that she experienced. And so, again, that's why I really wanted to talk about this a lot more because this isn't uncommon, okay? It is something that most of us will experience. And even if it isn't sciatica exactly, it is something of a variation. Rather, it's just really deep, painful lumbar spine issues, lower back pain, shoulder pain, you know, just feeling exhausted. Your spine, when aligned, Uh, basically your chakras when they're aligned, you feel energized, you feel awake, you feel inspired, not because you need something external, but because your cells and your body, everything just feels right. It's like the ecosystem is just moving in unison in a way that you begin to feel the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. And I know for myself, there are plenty of times where I don't feel that way. Earlier this year, it felt like a few months of just constant trying to get my body back in order. And it took me getting back on my mat, doing daily asana practice for an hour or more. It took me really doing mindful practices. It took me really paying attention to what I'm putting into my body. If I'm creating tapas or rajas or what am I doing Ayurvedically? And ever since then, really just dialing that all in, I've been feeling amazing. And I know it's because everything happens from the root to the crown, from the root of your spine all the way up, okay? And beyond. So, With the sciatic nerve being the longest, largest nerve in the human body, it actually originates in the lower back and travels, as I mentioned, all the way through your leg to your foot. So it tends to create irritation anywhere in that space. Some people will feel it only in their lumbar spine. Some people will actually feel it in their hips, their groin, They might feel it in their hamstrings. Some people feel it in their knees or further down, okay? Um, I used to get foot cramps a lot when I was a dancer. And that made sense because, you know, I was dancing on the tips of my feet. I was putting all my body weight in that space. And I was balancing on one foot quite often and frequently. And even now, I like to incorporate dance just into my, my own, like, routine of living and if I dance you know a lot of days in a row by myself or whatever I'm doing if I'm doing some variation of like a ballet-esque type vibe um, I will start getting foot cramps again even if I'm just dancing barefoot and so that's my body's way of telling me that my spine is getting misaligned my hips are getting out of order my I need to pay attention to what's happening in my you know, pelvic girdle, what's going on with my knees, you know, where am I carrying my stress? Am I paying attention to my body? And so this is what I 
want you to explore if you've ever experienced anything that we're discussing today or if you're currently trying to become a survivor of sciatica, which for some, I remember my mother, she was gardening and she's a pretty petite woman. And all of a sudden she just fell like in the middle of her garden. And she was, this was years and years ago. So, you know, she was still, this isn't like an issue that she's having because she's, she's older or something. She just had a pinched nerve. Um, she had probably been working in that position for hours to the point where it began to cause issues in her body. And it took her months to recover from that. So that's why the sciatic nerve is so important to not irritate it or compress it or to have any disc issues in the body. Because once you, you know, flare this nerve up, it is like a booger to to be able to get back manageable again and once you do like i mentioned you do not want this to be an experience you need to go through again if possible so um there's even been cases where some people have had this nerve pain for a year or more to the point where they think they have nerve damage and um in most cases it's just it's it's a healing that the body needs to go through so i said all of that <laughs> and i was kind of long-winded i suppose but the reason being is because i really really want you to wrap your mind around it around these concepts and ideas um, this can happen to anybody. Sometimes we think it can only happen to certain people. If you're elderly, if you're an athlete, if you are um, just sitting at your desk and not moving the body. But truth is, it can happen, you know, to just about any. I mean, I just named three really different variations of people I've worked with. I've worked with athletes who have um, had disc issues causing sciatica. I have worked with, as I mentioned myself, my mom in the garden, you know, um, people sitting at their desk or driving long distances is a huge reason why they will start to see this misalignment in the body as well. So remember, sciatica is just a symptom. You have to find the root of the cause. And yes, pun was definitely intended on that. So one of the things that yoga does for us is it lengthens and strengthens the spine. I like to think of my style of teaching as being spinal yoga because that is my entire focus when I practice and when I teach. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There are times where I am practicing, you know, not really taking my spine into complete consideration. But for the most part, when I'm practicing through my set of postures, I'm focused on a sequence when I build my own sequences that, you know, I provide to my my students or on my website or just for my own teachings and all of that. I am completely thinking about the spine. You know, how do I transition from this posture to this posture, keeping the spine in alignment? How do I begin by grounding the root chakra to ending the practice, hopefully um, somewhere with, you know, beyond the throat chakra, meaning, you know, the third eye or the, the crown chakra, Um I can't guarantee that I will get people to open up those spaces, but how do I introduce the 
the alignment of spinal chakras to every single sequence that I practice and teach. And that is the reason why, because it is so proactive to many different ailments. Then the next thing I ask myself as a practitioner, as a teacher is, what am I doing to create core awareness? You know, this is where Pilates practitioners and those who teach Pilates infusion yoga really do win in my book because that strengthening of the core is so important to protecting the abdominal muscles that help to protect the back. And whenever your muscles that surround the spine are strong and flexible and able to really provide awareness to the spine, the more likely you are going to be able to really function well in every other area of your life down to getting a fully good night rest and sleep, okay? So there are also things that we need to be mindful of if you do not have a strong core, flexibility of the spine, length and strength in the body, and you are experiencing ailments such as sciatica. You do want to be mindful of your body. You want to understand what is causing you pain. You want to explore that, not run from it, meaning if you apply pressure on this foot versus the other, if you shift your hips, if you correct your posture, if you take time every moment that you can throughout your day to just check in with your body, you will start to dial in a little bit better where the origination of the issue might lie. You may think it's in your lower back, but it's really coming from somewhere else, your hamstring. You may think it's your knees, but it's really coming from your hips. Um, You may even think it's sciatica, but it's really something happening in the shoulders, just causing misalignment in the body, causing what I call, or what is called, pseudo-sciatica. So, or what I called faux sciatica, I suppose. Um, And so you want to check in with your body, okay? And this is a practice anyway that needs to happen because as I've mentioned more times than I can imagine, probably every single episode, and I believe we're what? I don't know, 400 episodes deep in yoga podcasts. If you have trauma in your body, which most of us do, if not everybody, you tend to learn coping mechanisms because that's your body's way of survival, right? We don't focus on pain. We focus on pleasure to keep us going, which makes sense, right? A mother giving birth does not focus on the pain the moment she sees the baby that she birthed looking back at her, right? That's the only way that humankind could have continued. So the body is very wise in that way. And our memory to pain is very short because we find ways to get around that. Sometimes masking is a way that we do that. And masking is a terminology that is used in so many different psychological ways. But in this particular reference, it is what we do inherently to get over something. So if we have pain on the left side of our body, we might lean more into the right side of our body. If we have a toothache in our back right molar, we might chew our food on the left side without even noticing, which will eventually 
and could eventually cause decaying on that side faster. Um, everything's about balance, right? Everything. And that's one of the reasons why I love yoga. I love balancing postures in particular. For me, I love balancing on one leg because there is this need to figure out how to create that duality within your own body, right? Even if you're doing something highly physical, how do you balance that physicality with mentality, right? If you are an avid reader, which I like to think that I am, I still like to pay attention to, have I moved my body? I've been reading this book for two hours now, and I did that today, actually, earlier this morning. I read for like two and a half hours straight. And I was like, whoa, I need to get up and go take a long, deep, <laughs> lovely walk and maybe um, move my body on the yoga mat because I've been reading for so long. I need to create balance. And I say all of that because that is another reason why people experience pinched nerves, sciatica, and issues in their body is because lack of balance. So with all of that, one of the things that we do want to be mindful of if you already have an ailment that is looming in the body or that you are very, very conscious of is not every yoga pose is treated equally. Now, we don't want to babysit the body. We want the body to heal in its own natural timing. And we want to encourage that healing. But we also want to be mindful. And so... In order to do so, as I'm, as I tell my private student students, but especially the one I worked with tonight on her sciatica issue, is you need to pay attention to your body because if I, as your guide, doesn't have a clue where you really think that this issue is expressing itself at its root then what we will be doing is we will be still encouraging the core to strengthen, the spine to lengthen, the body to become more flexible. But we will not be, I think, identifying how we can be a little bit more intentional. And as in everything, intent is probably the most important thing in life. You know, if someone says something to you that's really you know, encouraging and lovely and, and kind or the opposite of those things, their intent is very important, right? If someone says something to you that's very kind and, and you feel very flattered by it, but the intention from them was, you know, not that deep, well, then maybe that feeling is still present, but it also doesn't have deep roots in that intention because there wasn't a deep intention to root into you and vice versa, right? That's how I like to think about yoga and, and yoga off of the mat, especially the philosophy, essentially. And there's many philosophical practices where intent and intention, there's even laws. <laughs> Our entire justice judicial system in the West is based around intent, you know, um, what was the intention of the situation so that we can decide what the outcome should be, right? So I want you to think about that when you're considering your own body. What is going on? What is the intention of your practice? 
especially when you have an ailment like sciatica, which is presenting in a deep rooted nerve and you're going to have to do some definite investigative reporting of your own body to figure out where it perhaps could be originating from. That way we can begin to work on that. You can begin to work on that in a more intentional way. So when you have an idea of what is happening with the body, you can then apply your yoga pose sequence to the issue. And so when I'm working one-on-one in a private session, especially if it's because of an ailment or with someone who has an ailment, I tend to want to have a form filled out that gives me an idea of how much this practitioner, the student, understands about their situation, right? And it's okay if you don't understand everything, but how much do you understand so I can meet you to where you are at? And so... With that said, one of the things that you're going to want to keep in mind as you practice yoga, especially with sciatica, is if you know or have a general idea where the issue is presenting, you can then go ahead and avoid certain asanas, certain postures, and ease the body into them a little bit more intentionally. So anything that has to do with stretching the hamstrings would be something that I would, you know, inform my students of. Forward bending, rather that's standing or sitting, just, you know, hinging at the hips, being really mindful because that's going to stretch out those back muscles of the body where the sciatic nerve lives. And if you do not have the flexibility due to that pinching of that nerve or the pinching of the disc or misalignment of the body, you're going to want to be mindful of that whenever you're going into your practice. It doesn't mean not to do it. It means to do it with care. Okay, And when I work with my students one-on-one for an issue like this, we do take a more of a physical therapeutic approach, meaning we document. I think one of the things that separates yoga from, you know, just actual yoga practice from maybe yoga therapy practice is documentation. Okay, it's documenting what it is that you're currently focused on is documenting what it is that you're trying to accomplish, what your intention is, what it is that you're doing on the mat, off of the mat to heal the body, to heal the mind, and to make that connection so that you can utilize yoga in the therapeutic way. So the first thing we want to do is document everything. We want to document how we felt on day one and how we feel on day 30 and so on. So That's probably the most important gift you can give yourself. Then we focus on several postures that can really lend themselves to your situation. Now, there are many practices of yoga disciplines, I should say, many disciplines of yoga. And what we want to focus on is your pain level, right? as they say, pain from one to 10. But you're going to have to dig deeper into what your pain level is, taking into consideration how we mask the pain for survival. You're going to want to really think about it. Like, what am I really feeling? Am I pushing through pain? Or am I actually allowing myself to feel the pain? And then also making sure that you give yourself recovery time before 
during and after you trying to intentionally heal the body. So I said all of that, okay? And so now we want to know, all right, now I've taken note, I've documented, I have intention, I know how I feel about the pain, I know I have a general idea of where the pain is living. I'm still working on maybe the causation, but that's okay. I know that it's, you know, really affecting my right buttock, my lower part of my my lumbar spine, you know, somewhere between the L5 nerve root, which is that lumbar area, or I'm starting to feel it in the hamstring and I'm getting, you know, leg cramps at night, all of that, right? You really have now sort of taken into account everything that's happening in your body. So then the next thing you want to do is when you are practicing yoga, rather you're practicing, you know, just a restorative practice or a relaxation practice, or you're in a full vinyasa flow and you feel the pain introduce itself to the body. This is the time where you need to take note of what posture you're in. Okay, so most of the time, whenever I've worked with my students, they've discovered exactly where the pain was creeping up while they were in a posture. Okay, now rather that was because they are actively working on the sciatica, or if it's because they discovered it during their practice, or it's you know it's it's some sort of a pinch nerve that could have actually come from something they did during yoga, some some repetitive move that has inflamed the sciatic nerve, okay? Either way, rather you learned it and came to yoga to try to fix it or you found it in yoga, it doesn't matter. The reason why I want this to be a little bit ambiguous is because I could list five postures that you should avoid when you have sciatica and five postures you should do when you have sciatica. But the problem with that is there's someone telling you what to do or what not to do. And even though there are postures that you should maybe consider avoiding, anything that clenches the glutes like bridge pose or upward bow or dancer or even tiger pose, anything that where you feel your glutes engage, if you feel sciatica in your lumbar spine in particular, you should probably not do those postures. A downward facing dog without bent knees could even strain the back of the hamstring, balancing on one foot, one side of the body, um, on one leg will inflame that sciatica. You know, um, maybe doing more planks, doing more postures that allow you to strengthen the core, bent kneed boat pose or uh, infusing Pilates into your practice, um, slowly, gently holding a posture for a little bit longer, you know, being mindful of what it feels like when you're in full expression of warrior two, if you need to drop a knee. Um, I could go through that in particular, but the purpose of today's episode and why and how a yoga teacher, especially a yoga therapeutic specialized teacher, a yoga therapist focuses. It is teaching the student, the practitioner, how to apply yoga to their body, to their ailment, to their issue. And the reason why you're listening to this is because either you're curious, you have had sciatica, you currently suffer from it, or you are a teacher of yoga, 
The truth is, is that you want to teach your student intent, documentation, journal, awareness, attention, practices off of the mat are just as important as practices on the mat. Learning how they currently utilize their posture. What is their spinal health? Where is the spine out of alignment? Maybe naturally, maybe um, by not paying attention, slouching, slumping, text neck, computer um, brain and body, you know, sitting at a desk, driving long haul vehicles. I mean, there's so many reasons of the why, you know, bodybuilding, dancers, yoga practitioners practicing repetitive postures, um, gardening, sleeping wrong, you know, um, scoliosis issues that um, are chronic issues that are acute. I mean, there's so many things that we can discuss, but the one thing that is the reason why we practice yoga is to listen to our own body, your own wisdom, your own intuition, learn the why, learn, you know, once you've ruled out the need for reactive medicine, start to learn everything you can about you. And when you do get a one-on-one session with a yoga teacher, therapist, an Ayurvedic specialist, you know, a massage therapist, someone who is a chiropractor, your your medicine uh, MD, your you know medicine doctor. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you come to the table informed with as much information that you know about you, and that is how yoga can help heal you. It isn't about having an ouch and getting a band-aid fix for something. It's about having an ouch, figuring out why, and then figuring out how, and then furthermore, spending the rest of your life proactively trying to prevent another ouch. All right. I don't know if anything I said was, you know, sensical or redundant or crazy or you know, whatever. But I do know that, you know, when I was sitting on these several sessions with my student who suffers from sciatica and we're trying to dial in where the the nerve is probably pinched because she's already had x-rays and she's already gone to physical therapy and the physical therapist thought yoga um, one-on-one sessions would be a great idea to further continue the healing of her body, um, which I must say, I've had many doctors and physical therapists advise their patients to come to yoga as a lifelong continuation of resolution. So I love that the communities are coming together as a in complete wellness system. And um, also realizing that once you're past the initial physical therapy practices that are so warranted, especially at the beginning of a situation, there is a need for 
an affordable ongoing option such as yoga, which begins to transform the practitioner in ways beyond someone instructing them exactly what to do with their body. It's more about, you know, listening and learning and and finding yourself through yoga. And in doing so, you'd be surprised at how the body, the spine, the energy centers will begin to do what they do best. All they were waiting for was your intentional permission. So that's all I have to say. Be mindful of your body, your intention, document, journal, align the spine, find strength in your core, flexibility in the body, no matter how small of progress you feel you're making, it is huge in the grander scheme of things, realizing that it is a practice could be very proactive, it could be very reactive, but ultimately it will meet you where you are. And there's a beauty in that. Don't be afraid of pain. Understand the masking is a survival method and technique. And over time, you can begin to explore the reasons why the pain is presenting itself in your body. From a spiritual perspective, pain begins to remind us to connect back to self. You know, especially chronic pain that has no no resolve. We then have to start asking ourselves where our trauma is. What's going on in the mind? Where is the connection lost? And I promise you, when you start to dive deeper into who you are, yes, it will be terrifying at first. But over time, just like the sciatic nerve, it will begin to go back to what it does best and will not cause you as much trouble, if any at all, once you begin to connect. Thank you for listening. Namaste. I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste.